0: Welcome back to The Backmarkers, the F1 podcast for new fans, by new fans. My name is Mike Hurley, and
1: I'm here with Austin Evans. Hi, Austin. Hello, hello, my friend. And, you know, we're about halfway through, but I feel like there's been so much going on lately. But it's nice to to finally catch up with you, my friend.
0: Yeah, I think, well, we just watched Zanvoort this weekend. Yeah! It's an incredible (laughs) race, which we're going to talk about a little bit (laughs) later on in the show. We have some news to go through. Mm. Uh, I would say maybe Silly Season wasn't very silly, but some stuff has happened. Yes. To Daniel Ricardo mostly. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to mention before we get started, Austin, that it is September and what that means well it's basically september september is upon us is what we say here around relay fm <laughs> september is childhood cancer awareness month and for the fifth time in a row the fifth year in a row the relay fm community is coming together to support st jude children's research hospital st jude won't stop their life-saving work until no child dies from cancer. With your support, we'll be one step closer to that day, one cure closer, one child closer. Around the world, an estimated 400,000 children are diagnosed with cancer every year. Even more tragically, in many low- and middle-income countries, four out of five will not survive, largely due to the lack of access to quality care. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and all of us at Real AFM want to change that. Curing childhood cancer is a tremendous undertaking. St. Jude needs our help. The generosity of donors everywhere, like you, support cutting-edge research that saves lives and ensures that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital won't stop until no child dies from cancer, no matter where they live, but they cannot do it without your help. We are so incredibly grateful for the generosity of our community over the last five years. With your help, so far, we have raised over $2.2 million for the kids of St. Jude wow. over these last five years. This year, we want to surpass $2.5 million and go further. There's a few ways you can do this. Go to stjude.org slash relay and you can donate. You can also find out more about fundraising there as well. So you can set up your own fundraising campaign to help us reach our goals. So you can maybe set up a campaign to share it with your community or your family, your friends. If you uh, do this, you get access to some specific uh, exclusive merchandise. So if fundraisers who raise at least $1 will receive a challenge coin, if you raise $250 or more, we have a wild desk mat this year of a fighting Mike and Steven, which is the whole thing for the podcastathon, which is happening later on in the month. And the top 50 fundraisers uh, will each receive a limited edition tote bag, a Relay firm for St. Jude tote bag. Donors who make, if you donate, So this is if you fundraise, if you do that, amazing, and we're so thankful. But also if you just want to donate, if you donate $60 or more, there's a digital bundle of wallpapers and screensavers, Uh, $100 or more. There are some sticker packs as well that we'll send out to you. There's so much information, I know but it's worth it. This is an incredible cause. Please go to stjude.org slash relay where you can donate and find out more about fundraising. The podcast is back again later on in September. Please stay tuned and we'll tell you more about that. That is stjude.org slash relay. Learn more and donate today. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. With your support, we'll be one step closer to that day, one cure closer, one child closer. This month and every month, Let's
1: cure childhood cancer together. Very, very, very cool. cool. I'm excited for podcast this year. I mean, I'm sure you're deep in the middle of planning, but this seems like mm-hmm. it's going to be dope. 12 hours. Is it, is it 12?
0: Are 12 you hours this year. Uh, it's going to be the 22nd of September from 12 noon Eastern to midnight Eastern. 12 hours. <laughs> It's bigger and better than before. We have a set designer this year. It's like a Ooh. whole thing. It's go, We're going out big time. So <laughs> podcast a 5 is 50% longer than ever before.
1: Uh, that's a good sales pitch. Uh, good luck, my friend. This uh, <laughs> Thank sounds you. like an odyssey. Thank you. at <laughs> uh, so
0: twitch.tv slash RelayFM is where that's going to be. Nice, nice. All right, let's talk about some news. So um, let's just start with the typical Silly Season stuff, which is like seat assignments, I guess, Uh, the seating chart. So Haas is really the only team that's made any movements here. Uh, They've
1: re-signed Hulkenberg and Magnussen for 2024. What's your reaction to that? I mean, it's the safe choice, right? I, I think mm-hmm. there's not a lot of uh, promising rookies coming through uh, you know, the, the junior formulas at the moment. I also think that when you look at Haas, I mean, they've obviously tried the all-rookie thing, and that didn't really work out all that well. So I think it's a very sensible choice. I don't think it's a super exciting decision. Um, I think... Magnuson has not had a terrific year and it's it's kind of hard to tell the level of that has just because it does have such high sort of performance when it comes to like qualifying but inevitably they destroy their tires in like 10 minutes and it doesn't really matter anymore so it's like it's been a little difficult to kind of really get a good reading on what that car could do and how much the drivers really have to do with it and Honestly, it doesn't feel like they're leaving a lot of points on the table from the driver's perspective, so that's fair. And, I mean, being honest, Holkenberg oh, has had quite a terrific season, right? especially how many times he's gotten that car into Q3. Again, he yep. hasn't really been able to stay there very often, but I think it's a perfectly reasonable, smart decision just to lock them down, have some continuity, You know, kind of get the the stresses out of the drivers, like, yeah, you're good for next year. But, I don't know, what, what do you think? I mean, really, I wasn't surprised. Surprised about
0: it. I don't know if this is necessarily what I would have called for Haas, but it's also not a surprise. I don't really know what their other options would be, realistically. Like (sighs) then they don't really seem like one of the I mean, obviously they are not a team who has a significant depth of a feeder, right? Like they don't have a significant young driver program. I don't even know if they have one. I assume probably every team does to a degree. Um, but yeah. they don't really appear to have like a long list of prospects like you might tie to other teams. Like I didn't even know Williams had a young driver program until uh, we heard a lot about Logan Sargent. Right? Mm, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd, realistically, Nico's had a great season. I think. Yeah. yeah uh, Magnuson started well, but has I think has been outshined by Nico. But I don't really know what Haas would do.
1: Yeah. It just, it feels like their issues don't, like, I they could put Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen in the car. I don't think they would be getting that many more points than mm-hmm. they are right now. I think it's much more so just a, don't shed your tires after 10 minutes, and maybe you might be able to get some results. But it's, it's yep. fair enough. I'm curious, have you heard the rumors that supposedly Alfa Romeo may be switching over to trying to sponsor Haas next year? I can't even...
0: Work out what that means. So I'm very confused about that.
1: So right now, the Sauber team, which runs on the grid, is Alfa Romeo. um, That is not a true works team. So it's it's the Sauber team. Alpha, basically, it's a glorified sponsorship, realistically. Um, But but
0: it's it's more than most sponsorships, though, right? uh, A bit more. Yeah. It's they're not. I mean, I know they are, but they're not really referred to as Alfa Romeo Salba. Like they're mm-hmm. just referred to as Alfa Romeo, right? Like it's yes. not like we call Has MoneyGram Haas all the time.
1: Yeah, know? the thing is, though, it's it's still they basically just paid for Sauber to take their name off, is the way I understand yeah. it. I don't yeah. believe, and uh, you know, and feel free if you're listening to correct me if I'm wrong. No, but, I think you're right. Yeah, I it's, think you're right. It's largely just a glorified sponsorship where I think. Alpha are paying way less than they would if they are actually running a works team. And they're essentially getting all of the benefit of, you know, hey, this is, you know, fully branded, yada yada yada. So with Audi purchasing Sauber and sort of working their stake up, uh there's clearly going to be a winding down of that alpha sponsorship, right? Like they they are clearly not going to be able to keep their name on the car for too long. So Alfa Romeo, to really- Audi Sauber. That's gonna be the name of the team. There you go. But uh, just throw Porsche and Audi on there, just the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it seems like clearly if Alpha have gotten the value that they, I'm sure that they've gotten out of being an F1 they need to figure something else out. And I've heard a lot of talk that, you know, Alpha Romeo Haas might be a good combination. Now, mind you, it might be a little bit tricky because Haas, as you mentioned, has that MoneyGram sponsorship as their title sponsor, and it's allowed Haas to finally run close to if not at the budget cap. But I've heard some rumors that potentially Alpha is talking with Haas and basically want to switch over from sponsoring Selber to sponsoring Haas and trying to take over some sort of pseudo-work status. So, obviously, we're still deeply in rumor town, but I do wonder a little bit if Haas maybe know this is coming on the horizon keeping a stable driver lineup is going to be helpful they obviously are not going to do anything tremendous right now they're not tearing it up and destroying the midfield or anything but I just kind of wonder if maybe this would be from Alfa Romeo's perspective like for like kind of swap of you know two you know very much lower end teams but still considering the amount of money that they're paying and the pseudo work status that that gives I can see how that would still be quite a uh, a worthwhile transaction for Alfa Romeo to continue.
0: Hmm. I don't even know what
1: that would look like. Like what? What that team would be called? <laughs> MoneyGram, Alpha Romeo, Haas, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like
0: I can't work out who's going to get demoted. I mean, like name-wise uh, uh, in that transaction,
1: I would assume it's Haas, right? I, I think that would probably you be think like Haas. Ha-
0: Gene, Gene would just. Throwing their name out, like, he doesn't care anymore? I mean, he's burned Isn't a lot the, of money. Like, the whole point of the team is to promote his company, right? Like, that's the whole point mm, of it.
1: Yeah, and also I think he would like to eventually recoup some of the giant piles of cash he's burned on the team. I don't know. Look, again, this is all massively speculative. I have no idea if this is even a uh, for sure a thing. I mean, I think there's some yeah. logical sense to it. Um, I mean, look, th- uh, this, this Salba deal,
0: I don't imagine this was something Alfa Romeo wanted to happen. No, but I don't think they could compete, right? Like, I mean, no, the amount- but they, they didn't have a choice, right? Because exactly. like Audi has large aspirations yeah, uh, and want to get into the sport more than Alfa Romeo wants to be in. yeah. So I wouldn't
1: be surprised, but... It's weird though. I agree. And we also, I'm sure we'll talk about Alfa Tauri a little bit, but there's also rumors that Alfa Tauri may be rebranding uh, next year, which we talked about, I think on the last show. It's like, I do think it's a little bit weird when you've got, you know obviously there's only 10 teams and, you know, other teams such as Andretti have tried to get in and, you know, everyone's really tried to stonewall them out and kind of, no, 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 this is our thing. But then I feel like the identity and the brands of these teams are kind of being sort of thrown around in a very sort of haphazard way where you're kind of just, oh, we're Toro Rosso. Oh, now we're AlphaTauri. Now we're going to be whoever sponsors the team next year. Like, Obviously, title sponsors are one thing, but changing the name of the team and the identity of the team feels like it's a little bit of a step too far when it's literally just a purely commercial exercise. So uh, I'll agree. I I think that I don't get a warm fuzzy thinking about Alfa Romeo Paying a decent chunk of money and just slapping the logos everywhere and just pretending that suddenly, you know, whether it's Sauber or Haas or whatever, is just their team. I get it from a perspective of if that's allowed, then yeah, of course, that's just a bargain way of making yourself seem like you have a really substantial Formula One foothold. But yeah, it's just, it, it does sit me a little strangely with me that like this doesn't feel mm. like quite the way that these things should go. But We'll no. see. It's still in Rumortown right now. It's not remotely no. confirmed. But I do wonder if keeping that driver lineup consistent, maybe trying to get prepped for whether it's next year or 2025 or whatever. Uh, obviously, Alpha are not going to be able to continue you know, their partnership with Sauber for too much longer. So no. I would not be surprised at all if they're looking for their next partnership to try to, you know, oh, who, who's available? Who do we want to kind of jump ship to? Yeah, that's, an, that's really interesting. Like, I had yet to hear that. I've got the inside sources, Mike. I You sure do. I'm on threads too much now. <laughs> oh, is that where you're getting it from? I can't. Look, uh, I can't. Uh, di- uh, no, of course, this is a... Uh, mm, I, I can't share that, uh, but it's uh, there's there's rumors around. Proprietary there's, information. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, NDAs, all that kind of stuff that I'm talking about on the wow. podcast. Wait, no, that's not the way NDAs work. Regardless, moving on. <laughs> I, for the record, no, uh, so nothing at all.
0: <laughs> we should talk about the seats that are still undecided. Like that there are not defined people in there. So we have the Williams second seat. So uh, I've made some decisions about the way I'm calling these, but I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me. Uh, Alex Albon is confirmed for Williams. Yes, he's got a contract through next year, I believe. Yeah, but Logan Sargent isn't, which didn't know that was the case. It was a one-year deal, but I think was probably pretty smart from Williams.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, Obviously... I, no offense to Logan, he was not anyone's mm-hmm. first choice for last year, but the whole sort of seat swapping and everyone kind of hopping back and forth, like, uh, yeah, uh, it's unfortunate for I him. I think he was William's first choice. Uh, I thought DeVries was Realistically. Oh, oh, so I was under the impression that DeVries was the first choice until Alpha Tauri snatched him. I thought oh, yeah, that, that, that was my That was my understanding, but obviously this is all kind of speculation from the outside. No one, like, I don't think... Any of this stuff is like publicly confirmed, but so uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes up. I know that there's a lot of pressure, mind you. I don't know how your your thoughts are, and obviously we're going to talk about Samford in a second. I thought he actually did relatively okay until he crashed twice, and uh, uh, this week's race. I mean, look, I
0: said it in the last episode. I've been impressed with him, and I felt really, I genuinely felt really bad for him in Samford. Yeah. yeah, like he's had a couple of DNFs in the season, but like, I just don't really feel like that has necessarily been what we've seen from him. It was a tricky race. Conditions were bad. Like he wasn't the only person that like lost it during the course of the whole weekend. Yeah. It was just unlucky. But I, I, I did feel yeah. bad for for Sergeant, to be honest.
1: I mean, getting through Q to Q three, it was. I mean, like that was the moment where, like, obviously in hindsight, twenty twenty, he wishes he just would have chilled a little bit, taken that P ten, no big deal. But the fact that he crashed in quality and he crashed in the race is is unfortunate. I, I don't know. I, I think there's not a massive backbench for. I think again, newcomers who are coming through at the moment. And especially for some of these seats where I think at most every other team, he would be very right to be absolutely like, oh, you know, I've got no shot here. I'm going to, yep. you know, I'm going to be kicked yep. out. But I think, especially where Williams are right now, I think he still has a very strong chance of holding on to that seat. I'm assuming that he's probably going to still need to perform a bit better for the last handful of races or however many we have for the rest of the year. I think he's still going to need to prove himself. I don't think that seat is his, you know, by default. But. That being said, I do believe that he if I was going to put money on I would say that he's going to still be around for next year. Mostly because I don't really see a whole lot of other people who are lining up to like sort of take that seat from him. I think he's doing just enough if he can get maybe another Q3 performance or so to keep his nose a bit cleaner, I think he'll have it. But I don't know. Do you think he deserves his seat for next year or do you think that he's kind of maybe running his course? Deserves is is complicated as I don't yeah, of really course, like of course. that
0: question. Um if you are, were- I, th- I think Logan Sargent yeah. has shown. It's like look, I said this in the last episode. I repeat it again. Like there are a couple of ways that things can go for a rookie, and I think that this is realistic best case scenario for for a true rookie, especially one who wasn't lighting up the other series. Yeah. Right. But there are people that have had worse seasons than Logan Sargent. This yes. Yes. I and could and name so, a couple. <laughs> yeah. And so like I. I I, I would be surprised if Williams did not resign him. To be honest, yes. yeah. But I think they are maybe purposefully leaving this until the very last
1: minute. I agree. And why wouldn't they? Right? They have all yes. the leverage. They have all the power. No one is beating his door down, saying, "Hey, we want you to come over and drive with us." Like he knows that it's Williams or bust for him. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think it's it's fair enough. Um, what are your thoughts on Alpha? So yep. uh, same deal. I believe uh Bottas is down for one or two more years. At least I know he's 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 locked in for, for this year. Uh what do you think about Joe? Zhou <laughs> sure, Yu is fine. You know? Yeah. Like
0: I would say this season if they're gonna keep Bottas, they should keep Joe Yu Like I don't yeah. I don't know why you know what I mean? Like what I know Bottas is on the contract, but like I think these teams have shown time and time again, they can't just realistically <laughs> do whatever they want. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's some like performance clause that he has not met, right? That, that they could get rid of him from if they wanted to. Um, I I genuinely feel like Zhou Guanyu and Eltjo Bottas are interchangeable week to week in yeah. their performance. I kind of agree, and yeah. so I don't see why they would would get rid of him. He's a solid driver. He comes, uh, you know, from a place in the world where there is a fan base, and I'm sure, and I'm, I have no doubt that this helps with sponsorship, right? Oh yeah. Uh, as well, like it must be good for the team, um, I, you know, and he, I think he very level headed. You know, you don't really see him getting himself into trouble too often. Uh, he seems like a nice guy too. Like he seems like someone you could could build a team on if he continues to improve. I don't see. To me, of all, I think, except for one, obviously, of all of these, this is the simplest one to just agree. Like this is, to yeah. me, if I'm Alfa Romeo, this is an easier decision than maybe even the Williams decision is because, you know, like, is there another rookie that you could give a shot to and it'd be good? But I kind of feel like, you know, Bottas was, I feel like Bottas was brought in to mm-hmm. help bring up Xiaoguan Yu and he's just going to help continue doing that until Xiaoguan Yu can, like, be a stronger person in a team but he could also be one of these people that get another couple of seasons out and we just don't see again
1: yeah I don't think he's like lit the world on fire but again that Alfa Romeo is not particularly great this year and when you see a driver of Bottas's caliber who's just kind of Doing his thing in the, you know, grabbing a point here or there. It's not really much to, to judge on. I will say again, if we're going to go into Austin's crazy Alfa Romeo rumor tone, um I you do know believe a lot about Alfa Romeo. That algorithm's I, really like, it's going
0: like the alpha rhythm for it, you. You know that, what I
1: mean? <laughs> you got me. You got me. I'm in the alpha rhythm. I don't think you should give me that much credit for I don't that. i give it but to you. I appreciate it anyway. No, no, you got it. You got it. Um, supposedly, uh, Alpha Romeo are quite big fans of Joe, Um and some of the commercial... I think they should be. Yeah, yeah, but also there's a little bit of a bit of a rumor that they're quite keen on keeping him, even if they are maybe not affiliated with Sauber. So you could imagine a potential future that if Alpha were to move, maybe they may want to bring Joe with them. Again, that's like three layers down the speculation, but I do know that that's apparently. The, from a branding and marketing yep. standpoint, they're quite happy with him and they're quite happy with what they've been. Uh, he's been able to do for them. Um, and uh, I would also just feel bad that if he didn't get another season, he still never had his home Grand Prix. Um, so I, I believe yep. that the Chinese Grand Prix is still confirmed for next year. And unless something horribly goes wrong, that'll actually finally be a thing for the first time in... Three or four years or something. So I would yeah. feel bad for him to not be able to do his home Grand Prix. I'm sure that would be a huge sort of boost. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think this one's pretty safe to assume that he, barring something horrible going wrong, should get an extension for next yeah. year. Joaquin is 16th right
0: now, um, and he has four points. Valtteri is one place behind him with one more point. So like that's what they are effectively interchangeable. Yeah, and I think their performance has shown otherwise. Like you know, and it's like, you know, Alfa Romeo, they're not the worst team on the grid. They're not, they're by far from even middle, right, at the pack. Like, there, I don't really feel like either of them have got a car where they could do much more from. And I think yeah. the fact that he, you know, that Joe Guanyu sits one point behind Valtteri seems to just suggest to me that if you're going to keep Valtteri, why would you not keep him?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a, it's a, a bit of a no brainer.
0: Uh, The Mercedes first seat. Has not been arranged. Lewis Hamlin has yet to
1: resign. deal. <laughs> you know what, Mike? I feel like Lewis is getting secret kickbacks from the F1 media industry to keep everyone busy for a few extra months a year. You know, I just think him and Toto probably decide on these things in February and then just like keep it secret for like six to eight months just so there's something to talk about. That's just my my, my secret pet peeve. Um, look, is this a conversation? Are we really just going to assume that Lewis is not going to resign for next year? Like, come on. Like, come on. Right? 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 Oh, come on. So
0: I've read something somewhere that suggested that he is trying to like line up a deal with Mercedes proper to be like a brand ambassador. And that's like one of the things that everyone's sticking on because it's like a lot of money, Mm. but realistically like why would Mercedes not want that? Like I don't fully understand, but like it's all money. Right. And having these conversations with, I also feel like, you know, Lewis is probably looking for something Mercedes can't give, which is an assurance of some kind, yeah. right? Yeah. But like the way that I look at it, his next shot is like 2026, 20, mm-hmm. right? The engine changeover, like that's the most likely the next time that Mercedes can do something of note, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, really, I'm mean, realistically, there is nothing to suggest that he could not go on for five years, like, yeah his performance is not declining you know what like you can kind of see it like the car isn't there but he's able to do everything he's able to do and put it where it needs to be etc cetera, etc cetera, right like there have been people whose performance does has declined i've seen that you know but i don't th- i don't think that that's the case with lewis hamilton and so i look if you're him you want that one more of course right of course like that's all he must be focused on at this point. And I guess his ideal was to get Mercedes to give it to him. But I don't mm. know where it goes past that. And if you're Mercedes, I mean, there's not really anybody else. So like, <laughs> Oh, here I'm we all go. Choked
1: up here. Okay. He's been he's been on the Mercedes <laughs> algorithm too. No, 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 no. This is this is my my theory corner. So Say you're Lewis, and I think it's pretty reasonable to assume, a lot of the rumors have been kind of solidifying on, also just makes sense, that if you're Lewis, you want to sign a final deal with Mercedes, right? So maybe it's a two-year deal, maybe it's a three-year deal, maybe it's a two-year deal with you know a couple of extension options, whatever the case is, right? A, a reasonable couple more years, I think, is not... Uh, there's no reason why Lewis would not want to go for that. And along with that, I'm sure he is trying to angle for that, like you said, that sort of overall Mercedes brand ambassador role, he'll be... Toto's best friend in contract for a few years, whatever the case is, right? But I'm yep. sure Lewis wants to sort of solidify his future for the next five, 10 years. Now, I'm sure there's a massive price tag to that. And I'm sure that the Mercedes board are like, Ooh, do we want to give him that much money? Um, so if you're Lewis, and again, I, there's no, I, I will be shocked if that conversation not happened. If you're Lewis and you're getting some of this pushback from Mercedes that they don't want to do that, what do you do? Surely you, as one of the hottest properties in F1, are not just going to be like, "Eh, well, you know what, I guess they'll just settle for whatever. Yeah, sure, hook me up. What if, because there have been some rumors that Ferrari have been after Lewis, what if he's playing 4D chess right now? What if while he's got this Mercedes deal and he's trying to kind of put pressure on them to do that, at the same time, he's hanging out with his buddies over at Ferrari, like, hey, you know what? Because you know in a heartbeat, Lewis picks up the phone and Ferrari will throw him a giant pile of money, a contract, without doubt. But no, but think about Ferrari. It's Ferrari, right? As much as Ferrari is a nightmare. I don't think he goes to Ferrari. Like, wh- why would you do that? Well, hold on. No, no, no. So like, this, this is where the 4D <laughs> chest comes in. <laughs> okay, I don't okay, think okay. he wants well, to go to we Ferrari. Go,
0: we're only at 3D right now. <laughs> yeah, we got to yeah, get
1: to 4D. We're going one more dimension, right? I don't think Lewis wants to go to Ferrari. I think he's no. smarter than that. I mean, there's obviously always the romantic aspect of it, but I don't think... Lewis wants to do that. But if he's using that as a bargaining chip to get what he wants from Mercedes, you know, hey, i got this for, you know, he's like, i got the phone. I'll call right now. I'll call right now. Like, you know that if he wants to play even remote hardball, if Mercedes are not going to sort of acquiesce and give him what he's looking for, I just, uh, there's enough of these rumors around. It's just, it makes a lot of sense, man. I I don't know. I see your point.
0: I see your point. But realistically, if you're Mercedes Patronus AMG F1, You don't even need for him to say that he's having these conversations. Like It's just implied. The rumors
1: are, that's all you need to know. No, not even rumors.
0: There Uh doesn't even need to be rumors. Everyone knows, right? Like There are two drivers, maybe. Yeah, I would say there are two drivers currently in F1 that any team will take. Any team, right? And it's Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Like, every single team will take them and we all know this. If he picks up the phone and calls Christian Horner, S- S- Checo's gone. Yeah, <laughs> Checo's gone. Of cours- oh, of course, right? of course. So it's like I, did, I, I see what you're saying, but to me, it just there doesn't even need to be the phone call to Ferrari. Sure, Mercedes it's- should just know this. Where I reckon this is holding up is Lewis wants world championship winning money. And Mercedes, know mm-hmm. they've not got that car. But he's like, I don't care. That's not my problem. Yeah. Pay me. Yes. You messed up. Pay me. Like That's how I imagine this is going down. Yeah. Where it's like he wants the same amount of money that he's always got because he's going to continue doing everything that he does. Yeah. And they're just going to have to deal with it. This is the same, right? Like if in two years' time... The Red Bull falls down the order because they're in their own engine. Like, this sure. I imagine this is a potential risk for them, right? Yep. Move into Red Bull powertrains, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is something new. Any new thing is a potential risk area. Um, that if they fall down the order, Max Verstappen is entitled to, in his mind, and I understand why. Like, well, I don't care. Of it's course. also my
1: fault. Of you course. pay me the same
0: amount of money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's very complicated. Yeah.
1: So, that's just my theory, Uh, you know, whether it's an implied threat, whether it's just something that's sort of floating in the air, whatever the case is, I just, these contract negotiations tend to stretch out, and especially now with where Lewis is and his career, you've got to assume that he's angling for that sort of final contract with them, and if he's not getting what he wants... Uh, whether he has to say it or not, I'm sure they understand that Ferrari will probably give him exactly what he asks for if he so much as you know p- touches his you know his phone like hey Mr. Ferrari uh, yes I'll take the giant bags of cash yeah, d- back up to my house you know like you know that's gonna be a thing so that's just my theory
0: uh, we'll see we'll see I'm sure I they'll see look, a deal. I see where you're coming from but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like everyone's just playing hardball, but everyone knows it's going to happen. And it's just yes. a case of what are the I's and T's that get dots and crossed and yeah. they deal with it. Right? Like does Lewis yeah, have
1: kind of- two hundred fifty million dollars or two hundred million dollars at the end of the day? Yep.
0: Oh, who knows? You know, it's like well, yep.
1: uh, it'll be
0: okay because <laughs> realistically, nobody wants to do anything different.
1: Of course, how of I course. imagine it,
0: right? Yeah, he doesn't want to go anywhere else, and they don't want anybody else, and so yep. they're just going to keep they're going to keep it rolling. But th- this was the same as I think last year. It was like this too, where it was just getting to the point where Toto was like. Hey man, leave me alone. You know, <laughs> we're trying. You know, like just stop asking. Uh, the other one is the Alpha Towery. Both Alpha Tower seats uh, in Ooh. question. Let's just pivot straight away to talking about Daniel Ricciardo.
1: Oh my goodness, Mike! What ha- what a what a few weeks we have had. A few months we have had. Uh, oh yeah, actually, uh, when did when did actually Danny Rick do his first race? At this point, it's been what? He's done. He, he it was did- the final race before the break. So he he did two races before break, right? And then one. Did he no no he did two, right? Because I think he's he done almost two? I think he did two. Okay. It, yeah, but regardless, he had a little bit of an opportunity to show himself. I think he did fine, and then I think for the second race maybe not so much, but you know, just getting his feet wet, just getting ready. And then what does he do immediately after the, the summer break but break his wrist? Which is unfortunate. I can't remember the last time a driver actually broke something I significant
0: seen that like it's the, been a obviously, bit the, the only things i've seen was when people had covid and mm-hmm. when roman was in a wall fire yeah but i haven't it. seen any kind of like racing injury like a yeah. standard racing injury which is surprises me like i always imagined to see them get hurt in some way but it seems to never happen right like yeah. it, you know it's it's way it's way rarer than i expected it would have been yeah. um you know we've seen illnesses like not just COVID, but people have been sick and have had of to, to step out. But like actual yeah, proper this injuries. Is, this is the first actual proper injury. I mean, and I feel terrible for him. I don't know if you've seen the footage of, of it at all. But, you know, effectively, it was either drive into the wall or
1: destroy Oscar Piastri. Yeah, it's I mean, effectively the situation. I don't think, uh, uh, well, obviously Danny Rick is a great dude, and I'm, I'm glad he did. I don't think any driver would have uh, maliciously run into the car, because honestly, yeah, it, I, it I feels just bad to really go on the that. wall. <laughs> in that situation, I just feel
0: like it was, he had no, it was hard to process. It was so fast, course, right? There wasn't a yellow flag raised at that point, which is like another question of apparently like the an issue at Zanvort with the way that the, mm. um the steward posts are, that that corner yeah. is particularly bad. Like there should have been yellow flags at that moment. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Piastri would stopped, right? Yeah. And then Daniel Ricciardo was next around the corner, didn't know that Piastri was there. And the way he reacted was just to drive, just basically just take the wheel, hit it right, and hit the wall. Yeah. And I was hearing about, you know, obviously I've been hearing about this and hearing people talk about it. And something I didn't know, which is like instinctively, a driver takes their hands off the wheel. Yep for this reason. Yep. And I didn't know this, but like you can see, it, he didn't have enough time and you can see in the video that when he hits it, the wheel just flies right. Yeah. And, like, and also it's like, he's like, oh man, I crashed. And then he starts to move. He's like, oh my wrist. It's yeah. like, which is also just like, oh, it's so heartbreaking. Because he obviously is so full of adrenaline. He doesn't mm-hmm. even know that yeah. he bro- like, actually probably broke his wrist. Yeah. Now Such Liam man. Lawson's in. And yeah. with like no notice, we'll talk about Lawson in a little bit. I gotta say, man. I don't know if he'll come
1: back. No, no, Mike, Mike, no! Don't say, don't say that. Are
0: you trying to say I that Danny Ricks know. not gonna come back? No, I don't know. No. I don't know. Look, what I'm gonna look. How long is this gonna take to heal? Uh so we I've can't heard... all be Lance Stroll, all right? <laughs> we well, did it to in two weeks. Surgeon,
1: well, so uh, uh, so I believe that the surgeon who did both Lance Stroll as well as Danny Rick, he's the guy who does, like, all the MotoGP guys who, when they inevitably mm-hmm. break things because MotoGP is scary. Um, so... I, I know that there's obviously a range of like six to eight weeks is I think what a lot of people say, but also most F1 drivers are very fit and tend to bounce back a little quicker. So my guess is that he'll probably miss, obviously missed one race. He's definitely going to miss this week's race, probably going to miss Singapore. So I think he'll, my, my guess is he'll end up missing three races.
0: Okay. And I hope terrible? that is the case. Like I don't want, this is just like terrible, you know, yeah. like this is just terror. I feel so bad for Daniel Ricciardo, but I'm just like looking at the team that he drives for, and if Liam Lawson no. puts in good performances,
1: no, no, Mike, no, they wouldn't do that. They love all no, their drivers. They. You know, it's ah. not. It's. It, are you trying to insinuate that the team who is on their fourth driver in the last like four races is is in some way, shape, or form quick to uh, get a little itchy? And, and I just and kick feel him I'm out? worried. I'm worried for Daniel Ricciardo. I'm just worried for Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, so here's the thing. We've only seen uh, two races, I believe, that that we've seen him in, right? And he's done fine, but that car is probably the worst on the grid right now, if we're being honest. It's, It's quite bad. Um, we've seen Yuki, which, again, I'm a Yuki stan, man. I, I I think Yuki is a bit underrated. I don't think he is up there with, like, Lando and, you know, sort of the the elite tier. But I think Yuki's doing a really solid job. I think he's sort of settled yep. in well with his third year. So I do think he's quite a difficult benchmark. I think if you underestimate Yuki, then you would look at all the other Alpha Tower guys and go, oh, everyone sucks. But I think if you consider that Yuki, in my opinion, is doing quite well and everyone else is being measured against that sort of yardstick, I think Danny Rick is doing fine. But... I, look, uh, there's there's no doubt in my mind that Danny Rick will mm-hmm. get that seat back for the rest of the year. Like, I just, I is, unless something goes horribly wrong. I hope so. I, Liam could go and win the next race. I don't think he's going to displace uh, Danny Rick just because I think he has such commercial appeal. I think everyone realizes how Austin. popular he is. <laughs> I've got to stop you there for a second.
0: No, no, man. If Liam Lawson wins the next Grand
1: Prix <laughs> okay. fair, it's it's done. <laughs> okay, okay, you know what? I'll give you that. Maybe I'm a a little bit more hyperbole. But look, I think Liam is going to get a very fair shot of, you know, two or three races or whatever. I think he acquitted himself quite well. There's a couple points in this uh, race at Zanfort where I was like, "Eh, I don't know, it's not looking great. You know, he was like way off the back for for quality and whatnot. But I think he's going to get a shot. I think they're going to quickly see the level he's at. They're also going to have plenty of time to evaluate, obviously, where Danny Rick's at. They already have the data on DeVries. They have the data on Yuki. I think by the end of this year, Red Bull are probably secretly going to be kind of happy that all this happened. Because they're now they're going to have every bit of data they could possibly look for on who the best choice is. Not only for those Alpha seats, but maybe for that second Red Bull seat. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's... They have... I mean...
0: I don't really, it's kind of a blessing in disguise for alpha tower really yeah. like this is like a terrible thing to happen but now they get actual real race data on another person yep um this helps <laughs> them when it comes to making that decision right yes. Like now
1: like which combination of the three mm-hmm. will they put in yeah and I, I i honestly could not tell you i think out of the three alpha Tower drivers right now, I think Yuki is the safest. Anything, yeah, you I you yeah, keep Yuki. I think I think Yuki is
0: the is the is the best choice. Like you just keep him for consistency, and he's doing fine. Yeah, and then it's that second seat. Hmm. And, but- and I feel like in that scenario, Liam Lawson has to outperform Daniel Ricardo to quite a degree because, as yep. you say, Daniel Ricardo is very marketable. People yes. love him, yeah. and so. And also, there is going to be an incredible episode of Drive to Survive <laughs> about him breaking his wrist. Oh, like, yeah. The, the entire season might be about Daniel Ricciardo at this point of Drive <laughs> to Survive. like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so it's, we'll see. Uh, I, 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 the Alpha Tower is, is a, complica- it's a complicated decision for them. Yeah. Especially it, when everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Checo. Checo's going to go down there and like... No, I don't I think I still Checo. can't believe... I, you know, I cannot believe... I, I'm still seeing people say... Daniel Ricciardo for Red Bull next year. What? I don't see it. What? We're still, we're still having this conversation. Like, I can't believe it. He's not. He's
1: not going to Red Bull. Look, I, it just I, broke
0: I, his I, wrist. Yeah. He's look, got like. He's gonna have like four races. Like, yeah. what is he gonna do? That could mean that he could replace Checo.
1: He's gonna win the race. Is the, about the only thing I think. Like, I just. I agree. But that's Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson's going to (laughs) win. No, they're both going to win races. They're both going to win. AlphaTauri, back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, two (laughs) races in in (laughs) a row. It's going to just... It'll be neat. Um, Look, I, I think from what I've seen from Danny Rick so far... I have not been massively impressed. I, I don't think he's done a bad job, but I don't think he has lit the world on fire. I don't think he's sort of made Chekhov seem like an obvious downgrade from from Danny Rick for as far as swapping that seat. Um, and i I also see like Danny Rick has been pretty open. In fact, the Red Bull, everyone in this sort of team has been pretty open that like Red Bull is where Danny Rick wants to go. Checo was not doing well enough. Like they're being very clear and you know, really putting the pressure to Checo. And I'll be say, I'll be honest, Checo didn't do a great job this week either, which is still continuing to be disappointing. Like it's it's this team is not working right now, right? Like Max is obviously working, but no no other part of this team really feels like it's working. Mike, you know, I've been team principal on and off when I'm not on gardening leave uh for, for the back markers for a bet, right? I would put Yuki in the Red Bull seat. I would do it. I would just do it. Even if it was just for like all race. Like if Red Bull feel like Yuki could potentially be the future, give him a shot, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe slip something in Checo's food so he doesn't want to race. I don't know. I'm just uh, saying, I Look, okay, maybe that's
0: a little bit. I don't, extreme, th- right? I don't think it's Yuki either. Like, I, I don't, I don't uh, think. Honestly, to me, it. it's none of them, right? Like if you're getting rid of Checo, which I think would be a mistake anyway, I do, I do, it's got to be Charles Leclerc, right? Mm, yeah. Lewis Hamilton, carlos signs carlos, it's got to yeah. be one of those guys like yeah actually you're proven right. You're right. proven like uh fernando alonso right like mm. that's the kind of in my mind the kind of caliber of driver you need basically if they're not already in the top 10 of the driver championship do yeah. not change it why would you do that well like uh, i don't i, I still alex? can't get
1: my head around it I, I, they could bring alex back honestly i think that would actually be uh Terrible i do how- for him it would be a bad idea for Alex. I agree, but like, I think he'd think twice about it. I think he would. I think he's a it's significantly like better driver than he was. Albon, when he had Gasly, that seat. no, don't do it. Right,
0: like, yeah. I, I just can't imagine it going well for them. Like, yeah. there is a psychological game, right, in this sport. It's it's psychological and physical, like every sport. It went so poorly for the two of them. Mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised. I mean, but again, look, I've said, these people operate at a different level. There are a different yeah. plane, right? Yeah. Like uh, of focus, but like, yeah. I, to me, if like if it's not one of these top ten, except for maybe Lance Straw, uh, <laughs> then I, I I struggle honestly to to understand why you would get rid of who is cu- the person who is currently second in the drivers' championship. Yeah. Yes, he's not at the level at Max Verstappen, but come on,
1: who is? Yeah, it's it's tough. Ah, uh, I just I don't even like talking about checkup that much because like it's it's kind of sad because like. You know that he's got real potential. He can do a good job. But then He's
0: showing it. He's showing it. I I, I think he's showing it. Look, hmm. this race was bad again. Like he's he's not consistent, right? But Checko's problem is he is inconsistent. Yeah. But he's good. And he's good enough. And he's better than anyone that has been paired with Max Verstappen since Max Verstappen has been so dominant.
1: I, I do agree. I just think Checo gets in these sort of like phases where like he'll do well and he has confidence and then something will go wrong. And then it feels like he's just mistake after mistake, after issue, after problem. Like, I mean, it just it's it's tough. Like, I, I do not envy the Red Bull crew for trying to figure out what to do, because they've got a lot of puzzle pieces here and none of them really fit alongside Max. No, um, but I think for the AlphaTauri seats, it is going to be very interesting. I am not even com- like well we need more data right so maybe next episode yep. we'll have a better of a better of a better idea but Lawson's uh, opening race was quite good I would say I think most people would agree that he did a pretty good job Um, I think Danny Rick is still a huge question mark for what his true level is. And I think that this is ultimately going to only hold him back. So he wasn't really settled in yet. And then he's jumping in now and he's going to be missing these races. So I think it'll be a real toss up between who gets that second seat, whether it's Lawson or whether it's Danny Rick. But I do think even though I would love to see Yuki get like a race in a Red Bull or something just to really show everyone what he can do and not in a garbage town AlphaTauri. But I I think he's a pretty safe bet for for next year. All right, let's take a pit. All right, are you ready, ready? my friends? I sure am.
0: And go. This episode of The Back Markets is brought to you by Bitdefender, a global leader in cybersecurity. In the world of F1 racing, every millisecond counts, and cybersecurity is no different in stopping attacks. Just like a driver needs helmet and gloves for protection, using a device without proper protection can lead to serious consequences. When it comes to protecting your digital life, you want the best security possible, and that is exactly what Bitprevend- Bitdefender provides. Bitdefender is a company that's driven by a mission for top performance in technology and innovation innovation and they put their customer needs first and foremost as a global leader in cybersecurity bitdefender has been recognized time and time again for its commitment to excellence they have won countless awards for their innovative solutions and dedication to customer satisfaction they've been trusted by millions of people around the world to keep their digital lives safe and secure all while constantly pushing the boundaries of what's possible in the world of cybersecurity what bitdefender What sets Bitdefender apart from the competition is their focus on innovation and technology. They're always at the forefront of new developments in cybersecurity, working tirelessly to stay ahead of all the latest threats. They use advanced machine learning algorithms to detect and block all kinds of threats in real time, and they provide multi-layer protection that keeps you safe from all kinds of online threats, including zero-day attacks. If you want to protect your digital life with the best security possible, trust Bitdefender. Their leadership in cybersecurity is underpinned by a desire to serve customer needs first and foremost head to bit.ly slash discover bitdefender to learn more about bitdefender and find out the best cybersecurity solution for you that's bit.ly slash discover bitdefender the link in the show notes go there right now a thanks to bitdefender for the support of this show and all of relay fm time okay
1: 148.12 Ooh, slower you know what? Slower. I think the wheel nut didn't quite go on there. It was a little. I wasn't little ready for hot. the enters. No one told me, and I just wasn't ready. <laughs> you should so. just come in at the end of the first lap, night, Mike. That would probably have been your your correct move. Don't don't stay out there too long. They're gonna overheat. The drama of Zandvoort. What a great race! What a terrific, absolutely absolute fantastic it. race! Ah. So uh, I'll admit, uh, this weekend, I didn't watch Quali Live. I watched it um, on delay, uh, mostly because I wanted to sleep. Um, and uh, I was why uh. I did that, because there were the two red flags. It was quite slow. This is a race, though, that I was just like, oh, it's happening! It's happening! It was so yep. much drama, right? And yep. especially because I personally love this track. It just feels like it's the most unique on the well, but I guess besides maybe Monaco or something. But it's like there's no other track on the uh, on the grid or on the sort of calendar that is like this with the elevation, with the swoops, with the the 700 cranes they have to have everywhere because there's no way to pull cars off the track. Like it feels like there's a track where there's real sort of drama and you know those walls are right there. There's passing in some interesting sort of places, even though maybe it's not in a normal race, going to be that interesting. And because it's right next to the water, the weather is crazy town, which is perfect for making sure that we have mixed up grids like we did this week.
0: Yeah, I think, really, it was the weather. Like, the weather was what made this race as wild as it was. There was a lot of weird like Mercedes, weird strategy Mercedes doing their very best Ferrari impression <laughs> oh, making just the worst oh. calls for everyone yeah. and then like my heart goes out to George Russell he did everything he could in that race you know what I mean and then you he got a
1: puncture a to- Toto you promised me a podium where's my podium Toto
0: punctures <laughs> are like I hate punctures yeah. in Formula One yeah they're so like boring and annoying, yeah. right? It's like a thing to happen. Like, there's no drama to it, really, unless the wheel flies off.
1: Them- Did you see the F2 race? I, I actually don't remember the one the, uh, the name of the driver, but uh, both his rear wheels fell off in the middle of the F2 race. It was wild. He literally was going, he <laughs> goes, you should listen to the radio. They, they post on Instagram. He literally, he's like in the middle of talking to his um his engineer, and he goes like, whoa, 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 It's the funniest thing you'll ever see.
0: And, like, <laughs> I need to find
1: this. You have his onboard, and then like his wheel just goes like, boop, 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 bouncing over. It is hilarious uh just like so, randomly in the middle of a lap <laughs> no i think they were uh i think it was a safety car or something because they weren't like at full okay. speed like he was just doing a little bit of weaving and then suddenly goes whoa 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 so he just, must have had some kind of damage right like, i, for that I time. don't understand how both wheel nuts didn't go on correctly i, I don't know i just i saw the huh. video i thought it was hilarious um thankfully he was fine he literally just like did a little pirouette and just like whoa i don't have any wheels anymore but uh um, but like
0: realistically <laughs> for mercedes they made every wrong call that yeah. they could make yeah. at every worst time to make them, and they yep. just every time there was an opportunity for a pit stop, they made it at the wrong point, or they put tires on at the wrong time. You know, yeah. like and it was bad. It was bad from them, uh, and it was very funny to me to see everyone like George and Toto using the same line on, on like Instagram. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the company line, which was like better to have a bad day in a fast car then the opposite or something like that <laughs> which is like yeah that's fine but it's weird when both toto and george
1: are saying it it's like yeah this yeah. is what mercedes pr came up with Eesh. um ah. it's just I, I get i have some sympathy because like i would not want to be calling the strategy in the pit wall when you've got crazy rain like that um, in fact, yep. I will give uh, props to Checo for being one of the guys who was very smart to come immediately in. Because it was, especially watching the TV footage, it was like, oh, yeah, there's some rain in a few minutes. You know, you're halfway through the first lap. Then they cut to another angle, and suddenly it's like the track is underwater. Go What? <laughs> yeah, I like, love it when
0: that happens. They literally like, started like, the race here a minute a little ago. There's a rain in the pit lane, and then every car is just, like, flying. Like, there, there was a couple of laps where... It was hilarious to watch, yeah. like these cars just very slowly, like <laughs> trundling
1: along and slipping. I, I loved it. It was, it was great. funny when Checo was coming through on the enters and everyone else was on slicks. It looked like when I'm uh, playing F1 and I turn yes. the difficulty all the way down. I'm just yes. like,
0: choo, choo, choo. I'm it so was just like they were having two different races. Like those yeah. that are on, uh, those on inters all were having. Well, inters, we were having a completely different race to everybody else. but yep. they were just going so slow, right? And then like Checo just zooming down the race. <laughs> Talking about Checo actually and pits. Red Bull screwed him, right? I don't think it mattered. But yes, they did screw him. There was no, screwed like, him.
1: They tried to give some justification. I know that- it didn't matter, yeah. but like
0: it showed... There was no reason for them to make the call that they made, right? <laughs> of like bringing Max in first. That wasn't well, necessary, but they did it. And they did it and neither. no one told Checo it was going to happen, right? Like he was upset. Yeah. They... Yeah, that... It's That was
1: I agree they should have handled it in a better way. Their justification was kind of weak. It was like, "Oh, we uh Max is about to get overcut or undercut or ah someone's going to be It's like, "Oh, and... we've all got to worry about Max maybe getting passed by exactly. someone." It's impossible
0: it's like, for him to resolve that situation yeah, yeah. in any other way, right? <laughs> he like has no he just tools doesn't, at doesn't have the speed. He just hasn't <laughs> got it. Like yeah. yeah, that that to me was like yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Like, it I just agree. was like a bit like, come on. Like, but, it, it doesn't feel right. Like, I, I, it was funny I, as well, right? When, <laughs> when they read the statement and the commentators were like, just quiet for a minute. It's like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> 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 like, no one could like really hold that one together. It's like, no, they've just
1: make, making their decision. And then of course, like penalty, uh, Paris screwed yeah. the penalty, Right. Yeah. Well, and he also went off, which to be fair, a lot of people went off, but here's the thing. Like, that was an inspired choice by Checo. Like he was what eleven seconds in the lead after you know that first round of super early pit stops. Um, but I think as soon as Max started shaking like multiple seconds per lap on the same tires, like I get it that you know you go a little easy, keep the tires uh, you know alive. But Max is on a different level. And look, I I I like Checo. Right, I really like Checo. But I can't. <sighs> When you've got Max, how can you not prioritize Max, right? It's it just, I, I know it might not seem fair, but it's not but a but fair sport. it wasn't sport. Ne- it just wasn't needed. I agree with like, that. I agree with I that.
0: I agree with that idea that, like, you prioritize him. Like, of course, he's, that's kind of the idea, right? It's why you have the, like, first and second seat, essentially, yeah. right? Of, like, yeah. there's always gonna be team orders, right? Like, uh, science is always going to lose out to Leclerc, even though it doesn't make sense most of the time, but he does to do it anyway, right? Like they are yeah. always going to push Leclerc over, etc. right? But just in that specific circumstance, it just felt like unnecessary. Anyway, like it, it's not important, but it yeah. was just like a thing for me where it was like,
1: oh, well, Checo, man. I agree, but then it felt like it was almost immediately justified when, yeah, he slid off, he sped in the pit lane, he lost all these places. And between that, between qualifying, it's just, like oh, we can talk about Checo all day. It's kind of sad, but like, it's at least nice that he had a moment of glory before Max beat him and the rest of the field by 17 minutes or whatever it was. Maybe not that long, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I, I, what were your thoughts, though? I guess on the rest of the order, because you know we had the two bits of rain, right? So we had it at the beginning, you know, and then we also yep. had it, it. Maybe got a little bit boring toward the middle, and then we had that. Um deluge at the end which really kind of picked up and kind of shuffled everything over again Um, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on that because I know it shook things up but ultimately it didn't shake things up to the degree that you would normally expect Like we didn't see like no. I mean Pierre got the podium you know obviously uh, we had Alonso on the podium but we also didn't see like a lot of like super weird results right we didn't see like I don't know Yuki in P4 or something super weird like it actually was yeah, looking the, at the finish the, the order
0: second the second set second instance of rain was not as dramatic as the first i was mm-hmm. kind of hoping it was going to be major drama time yeah and it, it wasn't there were a few cars going off which, yeah and that was also when when george uh, got his puncture and like there was a little bit of it, like spice there but it, i was i kind of hyped myself up a little yeah. bit right when they were talking about oh rain's coming like yeah baby let's go <laughs> but it just wasn't it just wasn't the same yeah um but this Race was one of the reasons why rain is so actually genuinely important to the sport because yes. what it can do, right? We had three teams on the podium, mm-hmm. and you know, like Fernando Alonso P two, Pierre Gasly and P three, both like to me as well it was like this was just merit for them, really, like not completely, oh, yeah. but like it was right. Oh, like, wow, absolutely. Nothing happened, yeah. Specifically, that like it wasn't like st- the other drivers all smashed out, right? Like mm-hmm. Carlos and Lewis. And Lando, they're all up there, right? Like Leclerc, I don't even know what happened to Leclerc, right? uh, Floor damage, I believe. But like that was just rough. That was rough. So like obviously Leclerc was gone. But like, you know, by and large, it wasn't like anything absolutely wild happened. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we had six cars smashing into each other on the first lap. Um, But it's... This is what rain can do. It adds different strategy into the race. It ruins the strategies that people have decided on. And there are certain drivers that just do well in these conditions. Yes. And it ended up being good. I don't know what happened to Lando.
1: I feel like... Well, he went long on that first end, right? Didn't they keep both them yeah. out for like a very, very so. long time? Yeah. And I think that kind of... Similar sort of to Albon,
0: right? Like it seemed like it was going to be a good strategy... Yeah. but it ended up not playing out where like Alex, he should have been higher. Like he should have been, Honestly, you know, what we didn't mention no. actually, when we're talking about Logan Sargent, he got into Q3. Yeah. In
1: and crashed immediately, but he did. No, get But Q3. like that was yeah g-
0: really great from him. Like yeah. to, to, to pull that off. Like that is quite an achievement, I think for someone in his situation. Yeah. So that was I agree. Cool. But yeah, yeah. I, I really loved the race. I loved the mixed up order of things. Um, it was
1: good fun. It was but really good fun. I, I think this season has been. Uh, I think we're going to look back on it as obviously one of, if not the most dominant seasons of all time by Red Bull. Right? I mean, they've won every single race. Max is now on nine in a row. Um, so if he does the next one, he'll be it's like an all time record. All time right? record. He's tied with Seb for nine races in a row. I think the third is like, uh, it's like Ascari and like Schumacher have like seven wins in a row. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, nine is an astronomical achievement. And then, you know, the fact that Red Bull have won every single race, which has also never been done. So, if Red Bull win every race, not only is it going to be. The most races in a row because they also won the last race of 2022 so i don't even know they're on like 13 or 14 in a row or something but on top of that a lot of the older records where like mclaren won uh it was like 89 they won like 11 of 12 or something um i mean that was back when there were 12 or 13 races in a season not 20 21 22 so yeah you have to do that stuff on percentages exactly and 100 percent is a pretty good percentage especially when you have twice as many races in a season so i think it's really interesting but Look, I don't I, think they'll do 100%. I just think. Honestly, man, I, I just would think bet that's going to come for them at some time. I
0: would I would take the bet. I would take the bet that they will not win 100% of the races. Uh,
1: man, I mean, like, how many races gentlemen's bet? Left? Sure. How many races do we have left? Let's, let's see here. So we've got. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, actually, we have a fair few. Okay. So we've got. As, there's Singapore, too many, I think, for example. Uh, eight more races Singapore, Japan, Qatar. U.S., uh, Mexico, Brazil, U.S. again, and then Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, so eight more races. I think it's – I wouldn't say super strongly. I would say there's decent odds that Max and or Red Bull win every single race. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. It's below 50%. So, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's so strongly. There's nothing on them.
0: There's just statistically Hard. that is so unlikely to what? happen, right? That, yeah. like, what – max 115 there's no way
1: that his car could ex- to, could fail like well, if checo can be around i mean uh if, if they won 15 races in a row is eight more that insane right no i mean it's, I, no. I think it's it's i would give it like 25% odds that they win the rest of the races of the season
0: when you look at it like that i mean of course right done 15 one another eight but like the statistics that are like the the yeah. the, the the probability that is occurring yep. with each race now like Doesn't that much. J- it, it feels insurmountable to me. It would be incredible. Like I would love to see it happen. Just because, like, what a thing to see.
1: Like, imagine Max wins eight more. <laughs> <laughs> that I kind of wouldn't like to see. To be honest. <laughs> He just smashes the record oh yeah i won 15 races in a row no big deal it's just casual look man i don't know he's just doing so well it's like it's kind of hard to bet against anything max right now like yeah. he's having the best season and I, is you know oh, I, I, every time i forget i'm reminded
0: like yeah he just like you just watch him and it's like mm-hmm. he just doesn't drive like no one else drives like him yeah like he is doing his own thing you know like it's really very very different
1: yeah it's just i I don't in the modern era we've never seen No, i just i don't know if we've ever seen dominance like this or at least in the last you know 20 30 years or something right i mean you you think about like you know the all-time greats and you know schumacher is probably the closest i think lewis had a couple years where it was very very dominant but even then it's like to see just he's just like a metronome where it's like it's easy to say if Checo was having okay so here I'll say this. If Checo was P2, you know, most of the time and absolutely crushing it, I would put a little bit more stock in the car. But Checo's not a bad driver, and Checo's nowhere near Max the vast majority of these weekends. It is not just the car. It is the car and the driver, and he is just so confident. He is so skilled. He is a machine. He is absolutely crushing it. And I think we're both, it's fair to say, not the world's biggest Max fans. I think that there's some things that he has done in the past that maybe weren't super sportsman like i think there's just some stuff there that's maybe not the world's greatest but honestly at the end of the day we don't come to see who's the most sportsman or who's the coolest who's the funniest whatever we come to see who's the best and i don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that max is the best driver on the grid now and one of the best drivers of all time like it is just it it is the consistency it is just the the skill it's just everything is kind of come together in a way which is just massively impressive do do you think that I mean,
0: again, this is an impossible question to answer. But like, do you think we're looking at a, a, like a Lewis run with him yes. now? Well, who's going like, to stop Red Bull until twenty twenty six? Right, twenty twenty three. Obviously, that doesn't a wrap. really seem like there is anybody, no. right? Like, that's just no. it's it, it, you know,
1: they can take off. Like, I honestly think that that it's Red only Bull, Mercedes. I feel right,
0: and and right mm-hmm. now, and they don't look like they're going to be able to do it within the next few years.
1: No, I just. We've got two more years on these regs, right? So we got twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, and twenty twenty six. Things are going to be shaken up quite significantly with none of the new power units, but also a essentially redesigned car. Which, to be fair, they've still not really fully decided. I think I know there's like some like ideas, like oh, they're going to be a little bit lighter, a little bit smaller, which would be great. But I think there are some cost cap changes again, too. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there will certainly be changes. But I think twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five are going to be largely similar to what we see right now. And with the lead that Red Bull have and with the talent that Max Verstappen wields, it is very difficult to imagine short of something really dramatic happening anything knocking them off their perch i i just i i think we're in for a couple of years of just more red bull more max verstappen dominance and it's just going to be a matter of who can try to chase him down but like we've seen what happens you know with ferrari and with red bull and with mercedes you know like these strings are quite yeah. common in modern f1 and it's like Without crazy changes, without something like obviously, it's very possible as we saw with twenty twenty one, where you know there, there can be a little bit of a wrench thrown in, and you know Mercedes gets knocked on the back foot, and then sort of there's an actual sort of championship. I will say I don't love the idea that if the FA does something like that intentionally to try to slow Red Bull down to try to make it a little I more fair, that. I don't want That's that either. Just no, no, I don't. Want but that.
0: like that the way you do that is you try and hope it happens when you change the regulations in full. Like you Correct. can't tweak. Yeah like you know like pull the levers and no it's not how it works like part of the sport is designing the car like that's what mm-hmm. it's about but like so you kind of you keep you know every 5 years or so you throw a monkey wrench in like a mm. big one it's like oh you've got to have a new engine and the, and then like you just see what happens yeah. and it's been proven that it can make huge differences um the, there was just an unfortunate situation and i do consider it an unfortunate situation that it has gotten to the point where there's just one team and then mm-hmm. there's everybody else mm-hmm. where it would be good if it was at least two teams right yeah. like in 21 Um where like you know Red Bull and Mercedes were there against each other right like they were able to produce a car where we could have a championship contention Um and I wish Mercedes were able to do that now I don't know where they're going to be in the next couple of years it's not outside of the realm of
1: possibility but it's very unlikely agreed I, I would love to see more competition I think everyone would but ultimately, I don't want to see, uh, I don't want to see it artificially changed. And, and mind you, you know we're watching a sport which is ostensibly supposed to be fair, but you know I think the the entertainment factor is certainly a big part of it. And I don't, we'll see, we'll see. I, I don't want to get too ahead mm. of ourselves, but I just think we should maybe all take a moment and appreciate that we're really witnessing history right now with just. A driver who is unbelievable on top of his game and a team who really are just unbeatable, right? I mean, you know, the the reliability is there. The pit stops are there. Obviously, the car design has been absolutely on point. You know, the, the driver has been, just... There's no part of the Max Verstappen Red Bull team which is not at absolute peak everything right now. And it's just like... It's impressive to witness, even if it's not the most exciting thing. But the good thing is, uh, P2 and down has been quite exciting. So it's like you kind of get the best of both where it's like, all right, well, obviously, Max will never is Cool, whatever. But uh, P2, P3, P4, way up in the air pretty much every single week. And that's something I like to see. Last thing I want to mention before we go today. Liam Lawson finished ahead of Yuki Tsunoda. Okay, Mike, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, I was just trying to make my my side pitch for uh, Yuki for Red Bull. Uh, that doesn't make it look that much Wilson better. Wilson was
0: at yeah. 13th, Sonoda's is at 16th. I just think that is incredibly,
1: incredibly, uh, impressive. It is. Yuki had a penalty. You know, Yuki would have probably been like P11 otherwise. Like it was. What did Yuki have a penalty for? I missed that. Uh, I actually believe, was it speeding? Ah. Uh, I mean, well, do you checked. know who
0: didn't speed, Austin? Liam Lawson. You know yeah, what I'm saying? He wasn't fast guy enough. Was slow. <laughs> he
1: was, no, he made some moves, man. Like, look, because it wasn't, like, you know, he wasn't last. He wasn't last. He wasn't last. I'll give him that. No, I, again, I, I think Liam did a terrific job. I think he did a very, very solid overall first weekend, first outing. Um, he I, finished ahead of Valtteri Bottas. I mean, look, it was raining and, you know, uh, it was a little slippery and, you know, everyone had to kind of maybe be a little bit more thought I don't know. It was fine. Well, this is
0: interesting. By the classification, George was not a DNF. Really? He was actually 17th and was a minute behind. And I think, this is like looking at the F1's website, yeah. I expect it's one of these things where he did enough of the race that they classify it. Huh. Interesting. I did not. But he's, he's not considered a DNF hmm he's he's plus 55 seconds
1: interesting yeah i see that as well that's isn't that interesting? interesting i actually thought that he had did they actually finish the race then no Because yeah he's so far behind huh interesting i don't know
0: you know how they have all these weird rules right where like if you do x percentage and like it's all that nonsense i'm sure he, he, there's just some reg that he's got like
1: whipped up in there I mean, it says he did 72 laps. Also, uh, Sonoda received a five-second penalty for causing a collision. I don't even know what that Do was. He you know didn't, you? didn't cause a collision? All right. All <laughs> right. <laughs> it is because for I a lot did. of the race, no one was around him. But that wasn't <laughs> how he finished. Liam Lawson to the moon, baby. All right. Uh, Liam Lawson confirmed replacing Mercedes. Uh, uh, oh, second fantastic. seat. That's it. I think you, you've confirmed it, Mike. That's it. We've got is Liam team, Lawson team coming. He's going to be the
0: first seat in Mercedes. Liam there we go. Lawson. With the backup of George Russell,
1: yep, yep, and uh, Yuki will. Uh, go I just off think and- it's in- I just think
0: it's interesting, right? Like <laughs> he came in at a moment's notice, and yeah. he and he pulled out a performance. And so I'm fascinated to see how it progresses for him over the next few weeks because it does just make that AlphaTauri thing
1: more interesting. And weird. Oh yeah, that's and the number one thing to watch just, for the rest of the year. Can you imagine right? being Daniel Ricciardo and like just watching that? Right? Oh god. He's, he's gonna be like he's in the middle of his like training montage right now where he's like you know he's like watching on the TV mm. like like liam like he's like dreaming of liam on the podium and he's sitting there like you know he's doing the jump rope it's all slow motion and cool dramatic music it's it's uh, Danny Rick's gonna come back he'll be fine i he will get more races this year and Red Bull will have one heck of a decision on what they do with their various seats and how they want to fill them for 2024.
0: Who knows, by our next episode, it might be all decided. We'll be back again later on in the season to give you all an update on how we are feeling with the 2023 F1 season. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Please go and check out stgeo.org relay. We are uh, asking you to consider donating to St. Jude Children's Research
1: Hospital all throughout September. Until next time, say goodbye, Austin Evans. Goodbye, and I hope that the next eight races are full of rain and chaos.